Welcome and thank you for tuning into Crossroads Church Aspen and our teaching ministry. We are thrilled that you desire to learn more about God and His Word. We also want to encourage you not to make this a substitute for belonging to a local church in your area. We were made for community and to be relationally connected to each other in the body of Christ. Remember, isolation kills, but community builds. We hope this message blesses you and draws you deeper into the community of Christ Church. It's been awesome, Matt. Lord, thank you all for being here with us. Wonderful. I can't wait to hear this message this morning. Let me just pray. Father, thank you, Lord, for your many blessings. Thank you for the Chandlers, Lord, and uh, their family. Pray you bless them, Lord. Take them safely back, Lord, to Dallas today. Strengthen them, Lord. Let this time not be, uh, Lord, not be life-taking, but life-giving. Lord, I pray that you'll bring your anointing. Holy Spirit, just speak through Matt now, Lord, through your word, right into our, our hearts. Uh, in Jesus' name, amen. Come on, brother. Wonderful. Click that on. Well, good morning. If you have your Bibles, go ahead and grab those. Ephesians chapter 2 uh, is where we're going to camp out for just a bit. Uh, the irony of this weekend for me, uh, it, it hadn't been lost on me. I have actually chuckled quite a bit internally as um, I, I've thought about why I'm here and the topic that brought me here. Um, I, I had a supernatural experience with the Lord in India uh, when Lauren and I were dating where uh, a man just had a kind of power I had never seen. And I had uh, my, I, I won't repeat Friday night sermon, but my my plausibility structure would say that that wasn't normal and the Lord didn't do that anymore and yet here was this man on my team ministering in India that that knew people's past he knew their current struggle he, he could say these things to them and then they would just crumble and give their life to the Lord and so all that I had kind of been trained in unraveled and yet um, the the plausibility structure of what seems normal to us is so powerful that it didn't take me long to just kind of reharden back to what I knew and what I I could control and what I could uh, in my own kind of natural God-given abilities um, kind of manage and function. So then I was in uh, a church in Abilene, Texas. Uh, they had brought me on staff. I was kind of a, I don't know how to explain it. If you like football, I was a utility back. Uh, and, and so I just did whatever they needed. So I researched some for the pastor. I did singles. I did college. I trained home group leaders, small group leaders, home team leaders, whatever you call it. And um, and so that, that was kind of what I did. And David McQueen was a 28-year-old uh, that they had brought in. So, so so I was uh, probably 23, 24 at the time, and he um, he started to move uh, Beltway Park towards the gifts, and I I was one of the guys that dug in my heels, and, and in every elder meeting I was like, no, come on, man, now this is, and I was the one pushing, I was handing books, and I, and so the irony that now I'm trying to do the same uh, in a larger context makes me think that David somewhere um, is smiling. But um, one of the things, and again, this is when I just think about the Lord's kindness to me. Um, one of the things, so I'm in that zone with David and the elders where I'm just always like, guys, listen, you're, you're way too loose with the text. It's not even what that word means in the Greek. This, I mean, that, that's what I was doing. And then uh, Lauren and I were, were probably first year of marriage, maybe second year of marriage. We're leaving on a Wednesday night. It was a prayer meeting night. And you don't, you, you, yeah, I don't know that we prayed all that much that night, but, but it was a prayer meeting. And, and we headed out. Lauren and I were on our way out. And Bob Hamp, uh, who's a, a friend of ours, he was not, he was a counselor in Abilene, but was an elder at Beltway, he said, hey, Chandler, come here. So, so I walked up and he said, what do you think, what do you think God's doing tonight? So, man, if you just ask someone, like, that question, I mean, that's pretty broad, quite, you know, like, holding the universe together with the word of his power. <laughs> and he's doing that for sure, right? He's probably saving stuff somewhere. And so, so Bob was like, let's, let's go ask him. 
So then I'm like, oh, okay, <laughs> all right. So, so we go into my little office and we just start asking the Lord, what are you doing tonight? And so Bob is coaching me now. He's like, here's what I want you to do, Matt. If, if something comes into your head, no matter how ridiculous it is, I want you to write it on a piece of paper, especially if it doesn't make sense and it's out of nowhere. So, he, so I'm like, okay, I'm going to play. I love Bob. So, so um, I'm, I'm sitting and I see in my head uh, a man with black pants and a blue shirt. So I write black pants, blue shirt on a piece of paper. And now I'm starting to think, I'm going to use this against him. And then Waterburger on South 27th Street. So, ah, Waterburger. Pigtails, pigtails, right? Uh, and then that was it. So then Bob's like, what do you got? And I was so excited to tell him what I had. And so I said, well, I saw a man in my mind with black pants and a blue shirt. Uh, then I saw the Waterburger on South 27th Street. And then I uh, saw pigtails in my head, uh, little pink pigtails. And, and, and so that, that's what I saw. And he's like, let's go, let's go see. And so we get in our cars and we drive to Whataburger on South 27th. And again, I, like I'm, I'm excited about throwing this in his face here in a little bit. I mean, it's just kind of where I was in my posture and in my heart at the time, despite the things that I had seen that didn't fit my neat categories. And this is why Friday night I spent so much time on plausibility structure, because it's such a powerful force on what f- seems rational to us dictates our belief far more than our intellect does. And, and so we get into Waterburger, and he's like, is he here? And I, I just was like, no, no, he, he is not here. <laughs> and, and he said, well, let's get something to eat. And so uh, I'm, I'm first in line. Bob is behind me, and I order my food, and then Lauren and I go sit down, and then they, they call to my number. And, and so I go up to get my food, and I've got my food. And as I turn around and, and walk, a man walks in, but he's not wearing uh, black pants and a blue shirt. It's actually opposite. He's wearing blue pants and a black shirt, but I knew it was him, and I thought, oh, no. And, and so then I, I sat down next to Lauren. I was like, oh, my gosh, that's the guy. I saw in my mind. She's like, are you serious? I'm like, that's the guy I saw in my mind. And then uh, he gets in line behind Bob and he taps Bob on the shoulder and the two of them start talking and they hug one another. And, and then I'm like, what in the world is happening? And then Bob doesn't even order his food. He like brings this man over to our table and says, hey, um, show him the piece of paper. So I had that crumble up little piece of paper in my pocket that I'd written on in my office 30 minutes previous. And all it said on, literally all it said on it was um, black pants, blue shirt, uh, Waterburger South 27, pigtails. So, so this man reads that piece of paper and then he just sits down next to Lorna and starts to, starts to weep. Um, so the backstory on that uh, was that when this man walked in, he saw Bob and he tapped Bob on the shoulder and said, hey, Bob, do you remember me? And he turns around and Bob's like, oh, not, not really. And then he said, you used, to, you used to counsel with my daughter. Do you remember the little girl? She, she had pigtails. Um, and she's in jail tonight. And the whole family uh, has been down there all evening trying to get her out of jail. She's gotten bad into drugs. Some really terrible things that happened to her as a little girl. Um, she's been in jail. We're trying to get her out. Doesn't look like we're going to be able to get her out tonight. We're all just starving to death. So I swung by here uh, to grab some food. And, and so he grabbed the food and then he goes back and he, he shares with his daughter kind of all that the Lord did. She actually ends up accepting Christ that night. And then he shares that testimony. Like you can find this man's testimony online at Beltway Park Baptist Church in Abilene, Texas website. Like then he gets up that next Sunday morning and he testifies that this whole story about how they've walked with their daughter for all of these years. This really terrible thing happened to her and they were just so concerned uh, about getting her heart in the presence of Jesus and this really difficult battle 
battle with drugs and alcohol that ended up with her in prison that night uh, or in jail that night. And then they were just wanted to get some food and go to bed so they could get her out the next morning. They came by Waterburger on South 27th. And so it, again, it, the irony uh, of me being the one that, that's talking about these things now and trying to turn when I have despite the fact that God's given me about four or five of those kinds of stories, um, but I'm still like, oh, it's just so much easier to, right? Um, it's not lost on me. So Friday night, here's what I did. That that, that kind of thing is more normal than we believe, uh, and that there's some reasons why we don't experience those kinds of things was Friday night. Uh, and so I think they recorded that. If you want to catch up on that, many of you are here. What I want to do today is just be a little bit more um, practical on, if we're a church that wants to grow in word and power, I prefer that word to word and spirit, because I don't think you can understand the Bible without the illuminating work of the Holy Spirit. So if we want to be a, a church that grows in word and power, what, what, are, what are the ways that we move towards the Lord in, in regards to him working and moving in those ways? And so I've got um, three points, and, and here's what they are. Receive God's grace. Um, uh, a short, shorthand on that. Nothing's more miraculous than salvation. Ever. Nothing is more. Nothing should cause greater awe. Nothing should lead to greater worship. Man, if you see a limb grow back, that is less than a soul that was dead in their sins and is transferred out of the domain of darkness and into the kingdom of his beloved son. All right? And so I'm as excited as I get about kind of the way that the Holy Spirit still works among us. Nothing will animate my soul like men and women coming to know Jesus Christ. Nothing, right? I mean, I, I've, like the Waterburger story is not the coolest story I think I have. The coolest story I think I have is my high school buddy giving his life uh, to Jesus Christ. Um, my, my senior year of high school, not long, I've liked some like my favorite moment walking with Christ is the saving work on this kid that was wilding out and dealing weed in our high school. I brought him to church. We saw a terrible video about how if you listen to rock music, you're going to do meth and kill your parents. And he gave his life to Christ that night. <laughs> right? I mean, that's, I'm not joking. And they didn't even get the band. Like they were talking about Journey. I'm like, who listens to Journey? This is 1992. <laughs> Are they even still alive? And, and so, but Jimmy that just leaned over is like, I want to do it, man. I'm like, you want to kill your parents? You can't kill your parents, Jimmy. They'll catch you. He's like, no, idiot. I want to give my life to Jesus. Like that is for me the most miraculous thing ever. So that's point one. That, that's not the point. We're going to preach the point, but that's just me. Gosh, this is going to take too long. Receive God's grace. Secondly, thank you, Michelle. Um, you got to create space. You got to create space. If you're unwilling to create space, my guess is you're just not going to see much. The, the Holy Spirit is this divine interrupter. You've got to create space to hear. And then lastly, you've got to step out in faith. And, and that there's, there's never a point. And I'm actually learning this right now. Like I, I keep waiting for the supernatural to feel natural to me. You know, like the things I've gotten to experience, like I keep waiting for that to feel normal or to grow in a kind of confidence that, yeah, I can just say this and that person's out here. <laughs> like it's just this, I am still internally conflicted every time. Every time. And so what I want is this day where it's just like, not like that at all. And I just think the Lord's chuckling a little bit at me in that. It's like, well, that's cute, but no. Right? And so those are my three points. And then I just want to pray over you and just pray um, that the Lord would give you, like, gosh, you live in Aspen, Colorado. Do you know how few, few towns and cities there are in our country that if you just mention them, everybody knows them? 
You know where I'm from? Flower Mount. <laughs> now, there might be seven of you in this room that go, oh, I think that's around Dallas, right? But I'm not only in Dallas. I live in Flower Mount. It's seven, eight times the size of Aspen. And no one cares. <laughs> so you're in Aspen. You live in this intellectual hub of this globally known town. What, what a place for an outbreaking of the Spirit of God. And, and what I found in some of my just one-off conversations is, you're like, well, it's so secular here. It's so antagonistic here. It's so, and I'm just, I just want to pray over you because all you're describing when you say that is places God likes to break loose. Well, like every, like every, all of these cities that Paul's in, in the first century world, they're highly sexual, uh, sexual, that, that true, that too. <laughs> they're highly secularized and sexualized. There's temples there that are pretty grotesque. Nothing like that in Aspen that I've seen. <laughs> Miller, that was a good save. So, and, um, <laughs> that happens all the time. If you preach enough, that kind of stuff happens. The sermon's going to go too long. Let's dive in. Receive God's grace. Ephesians chapter two, starting verse one. It's not the worst that I've ever done. <laughs> and you were dead in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath like the rest of mankind. But God being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you have been saved and raised up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus so that in the coming ages he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace and kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. This is everyone's testimony in this room. It just doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you grew up in church. It doesn't matter if your parents like read you Bible verses and prayed over you and tucked you in at night or, or whether or not you don't even remember your 20s. This is your story. This is every testimony in this room. doesn't matter if your father was Billy Graham and his father was D.L. Moody and his father was Augustine, the Bishop of here. Like, this is your story. You were dead in your trespasses and sins. And he made you alive together with Christ. By grace, through faith, through no act of your own. Like you, we don't get that. We don't get that, um, then, then man, nothing else we're going to talk about actually matters. Right? Like that, that's what God is up to. What the Spirit is doing is serving this end. He's serving this end. And then he's trying to remind us in our forgetfulness that this is what God has done for us. Like I don't know about you, but I'm an a achiever. Well, like I, I, I don't rest well. Like, like I need to do something. I need to, achieve. I need to build. I need to, that's just, I, I'm still in, I'm like a 45 year old, still in kind of a warrior phase, right? I want to build, want to take on, want to win, want to tackle. And, and this, like, this is the antithesis of that. But like, this is God going, yeah, but that's not how salvation works. Like I did it. I got you. 
I have you. And, and I don't know how you drift. I, I drift back to works so quickly that I'm not even aware that I did it. I, before I know it, will be trying to earn the grace of God. I will start to earn the favor of God, the pleasure of God. I want God to bless me because of my behavioral modification. And listen, this is rebellion. This is, that's rebellion against God. Did, did you see it? Like he, Paul cannot be more explicit through no act of your own so that you won't boast. Like, like you got nothing to boast in because God did this. And so if we're going to move towards all the more being a church that's ferociously committed to the word of God and yet eager to see the power of God, we're going to have to receive the grace of God. Gifts don't flow through good behavior. Wouldn't that be awesome if they did? Because then we could kind of scale up and I could think that I'm better than you because my gifts flow better than this or I'm morally superior to you, but that's the antithesis to the gospel. Like, in fact, one of the things that, that really is difficult for people is that God will use people that we think he shouldn't use. Especially when we're talking about the miraculous. Like, listen, to this day it will bother me when, when God does something miraculous or profound through people I think have bad doctrine. Anybody else that bother anybody else? It's like, Lord, will you give that to Bible folk? And the Lord will go, they don't want it. Was that too much? Was that too much, Steve? I didn't mean to. Okay. okay. I can hear my wife going. Now, here, this, this little Ephesians 2 passage, this is the only story there actually is. This is what God is up to. This is what God is doing. So oftentimes a, a breaking out of the Holy Spirit of the miraculous is inviting lost people into this or it's reminding the children of God that God is pleased with them despite them. Mm -hmm. right? Like in, in every room I've been in where the prophetic starts to break out or people are healed of the miraculous, it, it's always people who think they, they aren't worthy of it or they shouldn't get it or it should be for someone else. And the Lord just like this sweet kind of, listen, I love you. I'm for you. This isn't about that. I have paid your debt in full. I delight in you. It, it, I cannot tell you the internal angst and frustration I feel for my own congregation around this. How quickly we just want to move back to trying to earn. How quickly we, we self-condemn. How quickly we believe that, the, that Jesus loves that future version of us. He, he can't love us right now, but, but that future version, man, he's wild about that future version. Can I tell you a little bit about your future self? You're going to be really disappointed in that person. Like you just are. Like this idea that you're going to reach this kind of everything's working in harmony. Man, I just, like I didn't even have to set an alarm. Like Jesus just woke me up this morning. I was like, let's hang out. Like that, you're just always going to be aware of your shortcomings and sins. You're always going to be want to be more than you are, and you need to consistently bring those into the presence of Jesus and lay them at His feet. This is the starting point. This isn't the add-on. So, so you want to grow as a congregation in um, word and power. It always starts with the gospel. It's what Paul always, Paul, Paul didn't show up and just start doing miracles. He always shows up and starts teaching. And then the miracles follow. 
He, he preaches the gospel. And then goodness, this passage is preaching the gospel to people who already knew the gospel. Because we tend to forget what's of, what he would say in 1 Corinthians is of utmost importance, of first importance. So receive God's grace. Number two, create space. So we want to receive God's grace, but then when it comes to growing in hearing God, growing in the miraculous, you must create space for this. Um, unfortunately, we live in an extremely hurried culture, and that's not conducive to, to the gifts and to miracles. and to, like We must slow down. We must learn to hear. We, we must, by the grace of God, create spaces for us to grow in these things. What's, what's weird to me, it's not weird. It goes back to plausibility structure. But um, it, we will oftentimes create all sorts of venues to develop certain gifts. Um, and I don't know how things work here, but like at the Village Church, uh, if somebody's like, man, I just really feel called to lead worship, or listen, I've been playing the guitar, I'd love to be on the team, then we're going we're gonna to help them grow in that gift. We're not going to go, great, let's put you on stage in front of 1,500 people and let you work it out. That, that's not what we do. We actually, we, we train them, There's, um, we, we ask them to do things, we put them in smaller rooms, we, we let them develop in those smaller rooms, give them feedback in smaller rooms. We do that with T, we have a teaching cohort where people teach and then we critique that teaching, we help them with grow. And they, but then when it, comes to, when it comes to things like prophetic words or, or miraculous healing prayers, there's no class for that. There's no feedback loop for that. There's no, like, apparently, I, I get a lot of grace growing into being a teacher, but you get zero grace when it go, comes to, um, can you hear from the Lord well? Yeah. So you got to create space for that. And here, here would be my recommendation. Start small. You just start small. Like that, come on, let's gather the whole room and, and, you know, let's gather the whole church in a single room and let's figure this out together. I just think that that could be catastrophic. I think probably the best way forward is to create purposeful space where men and women who've been trained and can coach others, because listen, you can make a mess with the prophetic. Now you can make a mess with anything. You can make a mess with teaching, but you can make a mess with like the, the volume of pain that can occur if someone mishandles the prophetic is another one of those things that makes people kind of shy away from it. But, but what I want to say is, gosh, what can't we as humans make a mess of? I can introduce you to a whole slew of independent Baptist fundamentalists who have done a lot of damage with the Bible. They, they have created heartbreak. They have broken homes. They have sent people into despair. But no one's gone, so we should stop preaching the Bible. No, we, we, we say we want to teach the Word of God rightly. We want to teach it rightly. So holistic training. Remember, we're not just trying to become um, the, this kind of signs and wonders church. So this is holistic training. We want to teach people to feed off the word of God themselves. We want to teach people to be able to open the book. We want to be really careful not to operate like, um, I, I would say, a pre-Reformation Catholic church where we're saying there's seven people here who can truly understand the scriptures and nobody else actually can. So we want to teach and train in such a way that you feel confident in opening the word of God, reading, feeding off the word of God yourself, but also creating space to hear from the Lord, to grow in our knowledge of how he speaks to us. Like what I found is guys who are gifted in the prophetic, he doesn't speak to everybody the same way. Like, like some people, they, they just know it. I mean, it's just bold and it's clear and it's crisp. Some people it's like, it's like, okay, I think, I think that color was, uh, 
red is something with red in here i you know so it, it's funny that that you've got to kind of learn how the lord's going to speak to you maybe it's in pictures maybe it, it's like you you see it in print maybe so, but that that requires space and training and a guide and so i would just urge you um, to create space. And then lastly, and I, and I think this one's probably the hardest, is step out in faith. Now, I, I love this passage. This is my passage for uh, 2020, Hebrews eleven six. And without faith, it is impossible to please him. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. So let me, let me talk about this last hurdle, um, encourage you a bit, uh, give you an illustration, and then I just want to pray for you. So I'm going to be mindful of the clock this morning. I won't so much in the next service, but this one I'm, I need to be. Um, don't come back. We won't probably have seats. But um, here's, I, I think that by and large, most of us, not, not all of us, most of us, had strange relationships with our fathers. Um, and, and what I mean is, and I'm not trying to project, but maybe I am. Regardless, I'm going to give the illustration. If, if you think your father tolerated you, he wasn't cruel, he, wasn't, he just tolerated you, then man, this stuff gets really, really difficult because you don't want to disappoint him. Like you just don't want to disappoint your dad. And so what ends up happening in this space is we don't want to get it wrong because if we get it wrong, we might disappoint the Lord or we might, um, you know, man, goodness sakes, maybe he'll even punish us for being so dumb and presumptuous. But the reality is if you really receive the grace of God and you really believe that by faith, by grace, through faith, through no act of your own, God has forgiven you, welcomed you into his home, delights in you, loves you, forgives you all of your sins, past, present, and future, fully, freely, forever, handled? Well, then what ends up happening is he delights in the attempt of faith, regardless of how well the attempt is executed. Now listen, there's a billion stories that make this make sense if you've got children or you've been around children. Remember when you're teaching your kid to, to ride a bike for the first time and you, you kind of give them that push and you see it wobbling and you're like, oh, bam. And then you don't, like, you don't berate the kid after that. You don't throw away his bike. You don't shame him. What do you do? I mean, you just rally around the kid, don't you? Right? You wipe off the blood. You tell him you're proud of his or her little courage. You want to go again. And then you give him another push. It's not like that fall or that stumble is this thing that makes you go, man, I hate that kid. No, without faith, it's impossible to please God. And I'm telling you, if you could ever get in your guts that faith is what pleases God, not your perfection, because Christ's perfection is what lays on you. Faith to believe that God has spoken. Faith to believe that he's called you in. To have the courage to step out. The boldness to say, I might get this wrong, but I'm going to step into what I believe the Lord is leading me into. That's the space where you begin to see some breakouts happen. That's the space you begin to go, oh my gosh, he just used me like that. I thought it was just this group of people or this group of people. Man, he's, he's using me. Oh my gosh, I just had a word for someone that worked. That was bigger than a general encouragement from the word. Although, that's, don't, that is a 
I love that. I just encourage the village all the time. Listen, the, the Lord lays a scripture on your heart for somebody. That's bigger than just your intuition. Like if, you, if you're, man, you're in a passage and somebody jumps into your head. That, that's, that's what I'm talking about, space. Don't blow right past that. Maybe the Lord's into something. Now, if it's a judgment passage, that's probably your own flesh. Right? If you're like, and then <laughs> the, the ground opened up and swallowed Cora and all of that. Yeah, that's for Denise. No, I don't, I don't know that that's what's happening there. So... I love this on being courageous. Um, Jack Deere tells this story about John Wimber. Never had. John Wimber went home before my time. But um, Wimber would just talk about getting these kind of flashes. You know, nothing ever solid, just flashes. And so Jack was having this conversation with John about it. And here's what Wimber said about hearing from the Lord. this, This is what I mean about being courageous. Wimber said, I've had better luck adjusting to God's way of speaking than trying to get him to adjust to my way of hearing. (laughs) Okay. Lastly, on this step out in faith, this is important. And then I want to just pray over you. Celebrate all the gifts. When you move in this direction, if you're not careful, they'll start to be a varsity and junior varsity, and that's completely unacceptable. The one who practices hospitality faithfully is as important in the ecosystem of a local church as the one who prophesies. Now, do you have these apostolic commands for all of us to desire prophecy? Absolutely. Should they be followed? Absolutely. But if you create an environment where the only ones that get like, isn't that incredible? I think you've created a toxic environment. Like, the number of volunteers that it takes to pull off this morning is, it's unreal. Like, kids are being taken care of right now. Sound is being run right now. When, when you walked in, there was coffee and, and food. People did that. And they did that so that there would be a certain experience here when you walked in the door. And the Spirit is going to work and move in all of that experience, that vibe, that culture, that. And people are using their gifts to pull that off. And so if you walk and build in such a way that all of that becomes kind of secondary and not as important, then I think you, you build an environment that's ripe for abuse. And so as you build, as you move, make sure we're saying that God has given all the gifts to the church so the church might be all that he intended her to be. Now let me close with this. Um, like I said, Aspen, Colorado. No one's ever shot a movie in Flower Mound that I'm aware of. No one's ever vacationed there. I don't know that anyone internationally comes in there just to hang out and eat at one of our many Chick-fil-A's. Or Chili's. That's probably not a good illustration here. um, Because you're like, I would right now. It's Sunday. See? Wouldn't matter. Wouldn't matter. Um... I'm going to ask you to be really careful about how you think about your own city. If you will buy into the lie that this is way too secular of a place, it is way too hard of a place, it is a place that is not only antagonistic towards, but indifferent towards, then then I think the kind of um, gospel ambition, gospel gumption, 
that, that I think is necessary for an outbreaking of the Spirit would, would blow past you, and I don't want it to blow past you. You're one of the few congregations out there that is very, very, very serious about the Bible and very, very, very serious about the Holy Spirit working among you in power. So gospel gumption, gospel ambition has us prayerful for our city. It has us walking around our neighborhoods, asking for the Holy Spirit to do something. It has us inviting neighbors. It has us super excited when the Uber think tank people come into town with all their intellect and all their brilliance because, man, wasn't that who the Apostle Paul was? I think the Lord was like, oh, it, it wasn't a Keller book that won over Saul of Tarsus. It was power. So if you'll believe and you'll lean in, what, what might he do? Now, do me a favor. Would you stand with me? Now, if you'll oblige me, and you don't have to, right? I don't have any real authority here, but the Lord does see and he does judge. But besides that... <laughs> Um, here's what I want to do. I just want to pray over you, pray blessings over you, uh, and pray kind of gospel angst over you. And, and so will you just kind of just open up your hands in front of you? It's not magic. It's not, it's just a sign, just a little sign of faith saying, yes, fill me up. I'm just going to pray over you. And then I don't, I'm not even sure what's next. I think we'll probably sing or communion or something. I don't know. Father, bless these men and women in the name of Jesus Christ. I thank you for the plans that you have. They're not our plans. They're your plans. And, and I just know right now they're out there. They're, they're out there. They're in their home. Gosh, they're probably already heading towards the slopes. What a perfect day you've given us. And not long from now, they'll know your name and they'll love your name and they'll worship your name. And they'll sit in this room and they'll be in home groups with us and they'll be, and you're going to accomplish that. Not because we're great, but because you are great. Not because we've figured things out, but because you are the creator God of the universe. And so now I just pray, Father, that you would drive from us weak faith and belief that this place is too far gone, too secular, not interested, too hardened. Just pray that you would drive that out of our imagination and you would replace it with the fact that, that you are able and that you desire to use us to that end. Guys, pray that not too much would be put on Steve or the elders or the staff, but that we would own our own callings. I thank you that you've called us to yourself. You've empowered us with gifts and abilities. So I pray we not punt to someone else to, to have all the fun. And instead, God, just pray that we would surrender to a call to, in the domain that you've placed us in to play at work, on the lifts, in restaurants around town. I mean, we run into the same people over and over and over again in this little town. I just pray that we'd be gospel lights everywhere we go. God, grant us courage, grant us ambition. Thank you that nothing is too hard for you. And it's for your beautiful name I pray. Amen. Um, I don't know about y'all, but uh, just, boy, the, when you started talking about Aspen and... Um, uh, I, I had to repent before the Lord, um, a, a subtle cynicism of a, of a lack of faith, of trusting God. You're all powerful. The way, only way we're going to change this intellect in this town and the wealth is by your power. You, you've got to do it, right? And so, guys, if we could just maybe, I don't know, 
just play something. And I just want to take a few seconds here just as we close this service out. And um, maybe the Lord, uh, maybe there's something in your life. And uh, like me, you, a, a subtle cynicism crept in, a, a subtle, um, really, it's, it's lack of faith, a lack of trusting God for His power. Um, remember, Hebrews 11, that Matt said, is without faith. It's impossible, right, to please the Lord. And um, so just take some time. Let the Lord, the Holy Spirit, speak to you here just for a minute before we close. And maybe there's something in your life that you've been expecting God to do. And, and uh, just a little cynicism crept in. And a little faith just faded away. Father, I pray you speak. Holy Spirit, you move in this place. Thank you for this message. May we take it to heart. May you raise faith in this place. God, you're the Almighty. It's only by your power, Lord, that you do the greatest miracle of all, which is transform lives. Lord, renew us, Lord, with that. Father, if there is anything else in our lives, Lord, subtle, subversive, underlying cynicism, Lord, Spirit, come. Lord, relieve us of that. Just speak to us now. that flashes me is is illustration um i think sometimes i've said father uh i've i've bruised my knees up trying to learn how to ride that tricycle i i, I don't don't push me anymore so maybe maybe for all of us we need to say lord i i'm ready to get back on the tricycle with all bruises and everything i'm push me Push me out. I'm ready to take a step of faith again. Father, thank you for this morning. Lord, for this word. Lord, bring encouragement to your people this morning. We love you. It's in your wonderful son's name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to this message. To hear other messages or learn more about Crossroads Church, visit our website at ccaspen.com.